Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go cell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We set a goal to raise $70,000 for Pencils of Promise, which would allow us to build two schools in Ghana. And... Um, I gave away all of my courses during this fundraiser where if people donated, then they could get a course or if they donated X amount of dollars then they could get this other course. So for a couple of weeks, that's what we did. And we ended up raising $120,000 and built over three schools. And, um, and part of that was me donating 20,000 of my own dollars, which to me was like the biggest thing I'd ever bought. And at the time felt like this scary thing, especially coming from um, that, those money mindset issues that I had from my past of just growing up poor and, and feeling like I needed to hoard money. Otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't be able to survive. And um, in that moment of just being able to donate that and, and to raise that money, I felt just this sense of like, what was I fighting for this whole time? I, I could have had this, this sense of um, connection and abundance if I had just stopped grasping so hard on this idea that I needed this, this thing um, to happen or I needed to be successful. So that was really the beginning of me feeling like I had gotten back in touch with, with my purpose and my meaning in life and, and it's uh, where everything started to, to make sense again. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Before we start, I just want to share two quick things with you. If you have guest recommendations or stories that you think we should know about, shoot us an email at hello at unmistakablemedia.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker for your event or want to bring our team at Unmistakable Creative to your event or organization for a workshop on creativity and productivity, visit unmistakablecreative.com slash speaking, send us the details, and we'll be in touch. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at HostGator. Whether you're looking to start a new website or move an existing one, HostGator can help. They have 24-7 live support via phone chat and email, an easy-to-use website builder if you're not too tech-savvy, and if you want to move from an existing host to HostGator, they make it free and super simple. So 
Visit HostGator.com slash creative and use the promo code creative at checkout for 30% off. Melissa, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. You know, so I was introduced to you by way of Selena Sue, who has been sending us a steady stream of amazing people to interview, and uh, all of them have been mind-blowingly cool and interesting. Uh, so I want to start by asking you, what did your parents do for a living, and what impact did that end up having on the choices that you've made with your life and your career? Ooh, good question. So my dad is an attorney and my mom is a hairstylist. They got divorced when I was about one year old, one years old. So I feel like they're very different people in their careers and their personalities and their choices. And that has impacted me in a lot of ways because my mom is like this creative free spirit goes to, or has been to raves and things like that. And then my dad is like the most cookie cutter, conservative type guy that you could ever imagine. Um, it's, it's kind of baffling to me that they were ever married, but I feel like I, I've taken pieces of both of them where I have this, like, I want to go just do something adventurous and be spontaneous and kind of live in a way that most people are afraid to in terms of like starting a business and, and making decisions like that. Um, and being creative. But then I'm also this logical thinker where I need to have a plan and structure. So it's been interesting. Um, I think my close friends and partners have seen those two sides of me kind of come together. But I I like that, having that kind of dichotomy in my personality and in my upbringing with my family. Mm. You, you mentioned this idea of, of living in a way that most people are afraid to. And uh, you know, I, I want to dig that, uh, dig deeper into that, and tease it apart. Uh, one, can you expand on that? And two, why do you think most people are, are afraid to live in in this sort of uninhibited way, almost? Mm, yeah. So um, to expand on that, I feel like I have always just, if I had an idea, I just ran with it, and. I feel like a lot of people have this this inner sense that when they have an idea, they should be afraid of it and they shouldn't pursue it because it's scary and it's different and they should stick with what's secure and stable. And for me, I rarely have those those feelings. I mean, if it's a really crazy idea, maybe, but for the most part, like when I was starting my business or I moved to Japan right after college, um, they always just seem like the right thing to do. Maybe it's an intuitive kind of feeling or maybe it's just... Uh, confidence and knowing that things will work out. But I never really get those feelings of anxiety and worry that something is not going to work out. So that's enabled me to, to basically just live a little bit differently. And I think a lot of people have trouble doing that because they're used to the kind of this is what you do next in your life, or um, they're kind of thinking of how can I appease the other people in my life and and caring a lot about how other people perceive their own success and well-being. Um, and it's not that I don't do that. So <laughs> I don't know what the difference is there, but I do think a big fear kind of encompasses a lot of people in, in making those decisions. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, you, you brought up that you don't have the sort of anxiety and fear. And it, like, I find that it varies for me from situation to situation. Like there are certain situations where I don't feel it, like putting my writing out into the world is something I have almost no anxiety about at this point. Yeah. Um, after having done, you know, two self-published books and two regular books. Um, but what advice do you have for people who have that sense of anxiety? Like how do they address it, um, you know, and not let it, you know, sort of keep them so small? Right. I think, honestly, one of the things that has helped me feel even calmer in my life has 
been meditation and just finding some kind of pause in my day to reflect and to just be with myself and my body rather than getting wrapped up in my head or my thoughts or ideas. I feel like it's interesting how we can go through our, our entire day and weeks and months without ever really taking that time to just pause and reflect and just be. So I think that is step one. And then step two is really just thinking what's the smallest action that I could take in the direction of this goal that I have and and how can I just do that right now even if it scares the crap out of me because a lot of the times I'm scared when I make these decisions or there is some level of like fear or resistance but it doesn't stop me which I think is the difference and and that's probably been a learned trait because I'm sure when I first made some scary decisions it was more nerve-wracking but then I started learning like oh this actually works out pretty well or if it doesn't work out then I learned something that's going to help me make it work out in the future. So I think for everyone else, that is the best thing that they could do is just start taking those tiny steps towards the the goals and ideas that they have. And eventually, I think you'll find that it all just ends up working out in some way, eventually anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, the other piece that you brought up um, was this idea of doing what you think is supposed to be next or what other people are expecting of you, you know, the, the sort of thing that comes from, I guess, a, a need for validation from, you know, the external world around you. Right. How do you, how do you let go of that? And how, I mean, have you still found challenges with that in your life? I definitely found challenges with it when I started my business. Um, it was kind of this thing where it was like, I half started my business because I wanted to. And then I started morphing my business to what I thought other people would like or what other people would perceive as successful about me if I did certain things with my business. And then kind of as time went on, I think starting a business is one of the the biggest tests in personal development that there is. And as time went on, I feel like I just stopped caring. It's like when you get inundated with all of these, these things like Facebook ad comments telling you that you are a horrible person or a mean email from someone you don't know who, uh, who just doesn't like you for whatever reason. I think eventually you just start realizing like, Hey, maybe, maybe this isn't as important as it seems like it should be. And maybe I should stop caring what, what other people think about me or perceive of my success because the only thing that really matters is how I feel about what I'm doing because there will always be people who don't agree with it or um, are not impressed by something that I'm doing but why does that have to matter and maybe my perspective and my level of fulfillment at the end of the day is the most important thing. Well, walk me the story of how you get, you know, from growing up with these two very drastically different parents to uh, doing the work that you do today. Like what led you to this point? And um, let's get into this idea of going from madness to meaning. Yeah. So um, I grew up mainly with my mom. We grew up without very much money. So I think that helped me to become very independent and resourceful early on, which is probably also how I learned to just uh, feel comfortable with kind of doing uncomfortable things. And I eventually moved to live with my dad for high school and he lives in a nicer neighborhood. So I I almost had this um, like different upbringing in that sense, which kind of, I think helped me to become more empathetic Uh, during school and elementary school and junior high. I was also bullied a lot and just didn't have very many friends. I don't know what it was about me, but I I just didn't really fit in in school when I was growing up. So I had all this stuff going on 
um, in my life as a kid with not having many friends and then having these totally opposite parents and feeling this need to grow up quickly. So that was part of my my early life. And then after I graduated high school, I, I thought that I wanted to be a teacher and did some different teaching types of organizations in college and, and really cared a lot about community and, and any type of organization where I could lead communities and help people feel like they were part of something, which I think is just all connected to me um, not feeling like I fit in as a kid because that um, feeling made me want other people to not have to feel that way and to feel like they are deeply connected. So I started finding that I love teaching and I love bringing people together in, in deeper ways. So I moved to Japan. I was an English teacher there and when I was an English teacher there, I, I loved the culture, I loved being able to travel, and I loved a lot of things about living in Japan, but it was also really hard for me. And that could have been a combination of just having graduated college and now being a quote adult and trying to figure out life. Um, and it also could be living in a very different culture abroad. But I started to just feel very lonely and disconnected and and looking for more of that community and creative outlet when I lived there. So I started a blog and the blog was just meant to be a place where I could creatively express myself, build some kind of online community and bring people together. And then it started just snowballing into all of these other things that I've been able to create. But every time I go to create something new, I find that it still revolves around teaching and creating community with people, which I think are just things that have kind of been part of my life um, ever since I was a kid. I even remember actually when I was a child, like making flashcards, maybe I was five years old, making flashcards, um, teaching basic math to my goldfish, and I would hold them up to like the fish tank and try and teach the, the fish math. So it's interesting seeing those little pieces of you as a kid and, and how they've affected where I've ended up as an adult. Today's episode of The Unmistakable Creative is brought to you by Skillshare. Are you a professional looking to get a leg up at work or just someone who loves to learn new things? Want to add some impressive skills to your resume? Skillshare is an online learning community with over 16,000 classes in design, business, and more. You can learn everything from logo design to social media marketing to street photography, and you get unlimited access to all of this for a low monthly price. You never pay per class again. In fact, some of my personal favorite Skillshare classes have been taught by former unmistakable creative guests. Seth Godin has an amazing course called the Modern Marketing Workshop, and Simon Sinek has a course about public speaking called Presentation Essentials, How to Share Ideas, that inspire action. And there are literally thousands of other amazing courses on marketing, entrepreneurship, design, and much more. Skillshare is giving our listeners a month of unlimited access absolutely free. So go to www.skillshare.com slash create to redeem your free month. Again, that's www.skillshare.com slash create to redeem your free month. Um, a couple of questions come from this. Uh, yeah. One is, is, you know, what did you take away from, uh, you know, the Japanese culture that you brought back to living your life here um, that really had a, a, a significant impact on you? Yeah. So one thing that I, I was actually just talking to my boyfriend about was that in Japan, there's a sense of harmony and, and the sense of connection that I think is different than what, what we have in the U.S. And what I mean by that is that they feel like everyone has a place and everyone 
matters in that place. So people, if you go to McDonald's and in the US, maybe people who work there don't really like it. And it's, it's not um, a place where you expect to get great customer service. But in Japan, uh, they, they love it. And they don't look down on it. And it's kind of this different sense of, um, of things mattering, regardless of what we perceive as how successful they are. So I really like that where you could go to a gas station and the gas station attendant did his job as well as anyone else in the world and, and really did it um, happily and with a smile. And, and again, that there was just this perception that, that this job matters and that everyone here matters in some way. So I really like that, that piece of the culture. And I think it also just kind of ties into the fact that their culture is very community based. Um, like their families lived together for quite a while. Uh, a lot of my friends who are Japanese that live there would live with their families well through their thirties or would get married and then come back and live with their families. So it was this very communal type of culture, which, which really inspired me in that way too. And then they also just have really cool design. <laughs> I, I love their sense of design in Japan, um, both just like in designing the structure of cities and also just in their their packaging and like even their construction stuff is really cute and has little animals everywhere, um, which, which I like. <laughs> You know, yeah. the, there's a theme that keeps coming up over and over in our conversation, which I want to really tease apart, and that's this idea of deep connection and community. Mm. And I'm curious yeah. how people create that in their own lives, regardless of what it is that they're doing, like with even if they're not necessarily an entrepreneur or have some sort of creative community, like how do they create that? Yeah, I think the first thing, the first step to any deep connection with other people is allowing you to open up to them. And, and I think the word right now is vulnerable, <laughs> um, but allowing yourself to be seen in a deeper way, because I was having a conversation with a friend and she said, you have to be the one to dance first and, and you have to be the one to, to really go first if you want to have these deeper connections, because you can't expect other people to be the ones to facilitate that vulnerability with you or to create that type of deeper sense of community with you. Um, and I found that in my own life too, that the more I'm okay with not being perfect and, and realizing that the more imperfect I am, the more deeply connected I can be to other people, that it's helped me to be even more confident in myself too, because I realized that maybe trying to put on this air of perfection or this this uh, mirage of being a certain type of person is leading me to be disconnected from the other people in my life. So that I think is the first and, and biggest step for deep connection is just you being willing to be imperfect and uh, take that first step with the other people in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's really the biggest thing. And then I think deep connection also has to come after this, like after you feel like you love yourself enough. And I know that that term like self-love is, is this conversation or almost like a kind of cute term that you would see on a t-shirt or something. And, and it's hard to really take it for what it really is. But I feel like with, with any kind of relationship, if 
you don't fully love yourself and, and you don't fully respect yourself and your, your decisions, then every, everything that you think about another person is based off of how you feel about yourself. So if you can't fully love that person inside, then there's just no way that you can fully love somebody else because you're perceiving everything that they do through this lens of, of who you are and and what yourself is. So I think that's also part of it too, is just finding ways to, to work on yourself and to love yourself more so that you have the capacity to see people for who they are through their lens, rather than seeing them uh, for who they are through your lens, if that makes any sense at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I think the other part of it that struck me was you said finding ways to do that. Um, you know, I have my ideas on what those are. I'm curious what yours are. Finding ways to, to, to be vulnerable. Yeah. Or no, to well, both be vulnerable and also, um, love yourself the way you've talked about. Mm, right. Right. I, I think for me, a lot of it has been education, like learning more about my imperfections and where those come from, because I've, I'm like a personal development junkie, but I found that most people aren't. Um, whenever I find that something triggers me, I think this is actually a big one. Whenever something triggers me, uh, which means if something kind of rubs me the wrong way or somebody says something that makes me feel uncomfortable or defensive, I know that that's a trigger and that that means that I need to learn something about myself and figure out where that trigger is coming from because it's not just a random thing that happens. There is a deep reason why that that comment or that interaction is triggering you. Mm-hmm. And then seek out some sort of help or knowledge to work through that trigger. So for me, when those things happen, I usually call a therapist and, and book an appointment because I'm I'm very... Uh, committed to to working through those things because I've seen how much it's helped me in my own life and um, and I think another piece to that is really getting over the mindset that seeing a therapist or a coach or anything is is something that only people do who are depressed or severely anxious or something like that. I think therapy should be something that's more normalized and and something where if you feel like you're triggered by something, then uh, you feel comfortable enough to go see somebody and and work through it. Because I feel like that's one of the only ways to grow is to just talk it out and understand where it comes from and then make a new plan with somebody who understands um, moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think you're right. It is somewhat stigmatized in uh, the world that we live in. Like we don't you know, want to talk about it, especially in the culture that I grew up in. Nobody wants to talk about it. Um, right. And that is, to me, such a tragedy. I, I mean, I, I see it starting to change with, you know, the next generation of, of, of Indian kids. But I, I still think it's an incredibly taboo subject. In the- As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go cell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Community that I grew up in. Right, right. Yeah, I I definitely see that. Um, I think it is changing too. I mean, I, I see like Facebook ads for apps, <laughs> right? Like a therapy app. And I'm like, yeah. maybe the culture is changing if there's an app for this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I sure hope so. So that and, and just like investing in a lot of personal development books and things like that has helped a lot too. Well, let's do this. I want to spend the rest of our time talking about this notion of going from madness to meaning and um, talk about how you arrived at a point of madness and how you turned mm-hmm. that into meaning. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So, oh, my madness. (laughs) I started my business about four years ago and it was kind of just an outlet for me, a creative outlet and a way for me to quit my day job. So it wasn't like this thing that I had been planning out for years. It wasn't my lifelong dream to be an entrepreneur. It just kind of fell into my lap and I, I took it. And, um, and because of that, I kind of just went with the flow and took things as they came and eventually turned it into a few different things. So it started as a blog and then morphed into a web design studio that I had for a couple years. And then I eventually started selling online courses, teaching people about basically starting their own online business and blog uh, from the questions that I was getting from my audience at the time. And, and so it was just kind of like this flow of just whatever feels good. I'll just do that thing without really thinking clearly. And, and like I mentioned earlier, taking that time to pause and reflect on, is this what I want to be doing? So I had been doing online courses for about a year. Um, and this is at around 2016 now and, and they were going really well. And my business was growing very quickly in 2016. We did over a million dollars, which is something that my Uh, had never achieved before. And what I had found was that I was miserable. And, and I think part of it stems from the fact that I, I didn't think about where I was going. And I just kind of let things come without really sitting and reflecting on whether this was something that was actually fulfilling me. So I felt like I was in this pursuit of more and I didn't know why. And I think it almost stems back from uh, living with my mom and not having very much money growing up because I I noticed that even though we were making really good money and and I was living comfortably and and could buy things without worry, I, I always wanted to make more money. And what started as this business based out of community and connecting with people grew into this thing where I felt very competitive and I was comparing myself all the time. And, and I remember we did this launch for one of my courses and made a few hundred thousand dollars from the launch went really well. we had prepared for it for a couple months and I sat there looking at just our sales sheet of, of the revenue that we brought in from that launch and just feeling completely numb. And I know it's probably trite to, to say that you're the person making all this money and yet you're not happy, but it really was, was how I felt. Um, and, and the money was great. I won't say that, that there was, uh, that I disliked it or anything, but it was more about the fact that I, in pursuit of making more money and and making sales, I had lost that sense of identity of myself, um, which is which is embedded in deep connection with people. And I kind of forgot the importance of that. So in 2016, I don't I don't know how often I saw my friends, but probably could count the the uh, number of times on one hand. I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't right for me, but just decided to stay. I was living in a place where I wasn't feeling happy in a part of Los Angeles and and just didn't really love my neighborhood. And a lot of the pieces of my life just felt like this is, this is the way things are and this is who I have to be. Um, And it wasn't until later in the year where I was actually at a conference and 
there was a spoken word artist who was was doing his spoken words. His name's NQ. And and he really just hit me with with some of the things that that he was talking about. He talks a lot about politics and and greed and things like that. And I started to just like cry there in the audience. And I tried to do it in this way where like nobody would see me, but there were tears streaming down my face. And and after that, I I after his performance was done, it was a break for lunch. And my friends asked me if I wanted to grab lunch with them. And I decided instead to go off on my own and walk to a CVS and buy a yellow notebook and a pen. And I went to a park and just like let everything out that had been bottled up for that entire year of me feeling like my self-worth was attached to my success and me reverting back to that mindset that I had when I was a child, where if there's no money, then, then we have no way to live. And I need to continually make more, um, this like old money mindset issue that I had, uh, to continue to make more money in order to survive. And, and also just seeing that I was valuing competition over community. And, and it was in that moment that I just started writing everything out and, and things became so much more clear to me and my identity and, and who I am felt like it started to creep back in. And I, I feel like I started to figure out again, what my purpose was and that my business wasn't just a place for me to continue to make more and more money, especially if it wasn't fulfilling me. Um, so I, I decided to start making some changes in, in my business and my life to really figure out more of what is that purpose that I want to pursue and how can I shift my life and, and the work that I do to be more in line with that purpose. So one of the first things that I did was I decided to start giving back more and, and kind of, it was almost this sense of wanting to live in more abundance by needing less. And so the first thing that we did was we started planning out this fundraiser, um, for an organization called pencils of promise that builds schools in underdeveloped countries. So we set a goal to raise $70,000 for Pencils of Promise, which would allow us to build two schools in Ghana. And um, I gave away all of my courses during this fundraiser where if people donated, then they could get a course. Or if they donated X amount of dollars, then they could get this other course. So for a couple of weeks, that's what we did. And we ended up raising $120,000 and built over three schools. And, um, and, Part of that was me donating 20000 of my own dollars, which to me was like the biggest thing I'd ever bought. And at the time felt like this scary thing, especially coming from um, that those money mindset issues that I had from my past of just growing up poor and, and feeling like I needed to hoard money. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to survive. And um, in that moment of just being able to donate that and, and to raise that money, I felt just this sense of like, what was I fighting for this whole time? I, I could have had this this sense of um, connection and abundance if I had just stopped grasping so hard on this idea that I needed this, this thing um, to happen or I needed to be successful. So that was really the beginning of me feeling like I had gotten back in touch with, with my purpose and my meaning 
in life and and it's uh where everything started to to make sense again today's episode of the unmistakable creative is sponsored by design crowd unmistakable creative listeners have used design crowd for logo web and graphic design Here's how it works. You go to designcrowd.com and you set up your design brief and you'll get submissions from anywhere between 60 to 100 designers from around the world. If you like the designs you get, you can then approve payment. If you don't like what you get, you can go back to the crowd and ask for more or ask for your money back. To see what other unmistakable creative listeners have designed and save 100 bucks on your first project, visit designcrowd.com creative and use the promo code creative at checkout for $100 off. Today's episode is also sponsored by our friends at HostGator. They host your website, and they have 24-7 live support via phone, chat, and email. An easy-to-use website builder if you're not tech-savvy, one-click WordPress installs, and if you want to switch from an existing host to HostGator, it's free and it's simple. And because you're an unmistakable creative listener, you're getting 30% off all of their hosting packages. So visit HostGator.com slash creative and use the promo code creative at checkout for 30% off. You know, so if somebody is in a position where they don't necessarily have, uh, you know, the financial success that they want or the, the money, you know, situation that you did, how do they go from change, you know, how do they go about changing their money mindset? Um, I'm just very curious. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've heard so many different perspectives on this. It would be interesting to hear yours having gone from being quite poor to having, you know, uh, become quite successful financially. Like, how do you, you know, what do you say to people who are not in the situation that they want to be in? With their money mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the thing that that helped me, and I think there are different types of money mindset issues. Mine was, was stemmed from growing up without very much money and then feeling kind of like I needed to hoard whatever I, I received and, and couldn't let it go. Um, but I think for other people, it could be different where maybe they want to spend a lot of money or they get into debt or things like that. So... For me, what was important was was realizing, and, and probably part of this was things that I worked out during therapy, but realizing that that I'm okay and that it's it's almost illogical for me to think that I am going to end up like in a motel somewhere because that was my story when I was a child, um, that that doesn't have to be my story now and that that was so long ago that why, why does it need to be my reality now if, if there's so much evidence for um, something different in my life right now? So I think it's something that I'm still working through, which is why I probably don't have a great answer for it. Um, but that's kind of what, what has helped me is separating the past from the present and realizing that just because something happened then doesn't mean that it, it's going to recur throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Another thing you brought up earlier was uh, this sense that your self-worth and the results of your business were kind of intertwined. Um, And I'm curious how you managed to detach those two and how other people do that as well, because I can tell you there are absolutely moments when I have felt very much like my self-worth and the number of copies of a book I sold were completely intertwined. Right. Yeah. And and it's, I think it's like a lifelong process to, to not have that happen because as much as I can talk about it, I, I still have those moments where, where we're doing a course launch right now. And, and I know if it, if it didn't go well, then I probably would be thinking like, well, why not? You know, <laughs> what did I, what did I do wrong to make this happen? Um, even though there's a number of factors why 
if it didn't go well, why that would happen. Um, so I think it's, it's really hard and it's a process to, to make that happen. But, um, a lot of things that have helped me in detaching my, my self-worth from my success is finding other things that define who I am and, and not just getting like wrapped up in this bubble of business or the work that I do and focusing on, um, improving other aspects of who I am, like being a better partner or being a better friend or a better daughter and, um, seeing the, the changes in my life based on those other things that have nothing to do with my, my outside success, but have everything to do with the fulfillment of my life. So I think that is, is the first step for people is figure out what else in your life is worthy of, of you feeling successful over and start working on those things. If you see any gaps or holes or places where something could be improved and create more of this well-rounded fulfillment rather than putting all of your, your self-worth into one thing, whether it's a relationship or a business or your health or body, it could be any number of things. But I think when we put all of our, um, all of our worth into one thing, then it's kind of this recipe for disaster. And, um, I, I was reading, I don't know if you've ever read a course in miracles, but I've just started reading a course in miracles made easy because uh, a course in miracles is apparently a very difficult book to read. And, um, and one thing that it talks about is this concept of special relationships. So this is more particular to human relationships, but I think is very relevant to the topic. But special relationships, it says, are basically people that are the the cause of your happiness or the cause of how you feel. So if you're in a relationship and uh, the person that you're with does something to make you really happy, then you feel great and you feel really confident and you have a great day and you can move through your day doing things to the best of your ability. But then if they trigger you in some way or you end up feeling um, unhappy or dismissed by this other person, then it ruins your day and you're not operating at full cylinders. And that is a special relationship where somebody's decisions and somebody's uh, what they, their choices are affect how you see yourself and, and affect how you operate throughout your day. So I think that can apply to anything in your life where those special relationships that we have are um, often detrimental to our happiness because they have nothing to do with us and everything to do with these other things that we put um, we put that emphasis on. Wow. You know, it's funny uh, you say that because I was just reading uh, Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And he has this quote, and I just happened to, you know, it's on my desk. And he said, if you take your happiness and put it in someone's hands, sooner or later, she is going to break it. If you give your happiness to someone else, she can always take it away. Then if happiness can only come from inside of you and is the result of your love, you are responsible for your own happiness. We can never make anyone responsible for our own happiness. But when we go to church to get married, the first thing we do is exchange rings. We put our star in each other's hands, expecting that she is going to make you happy and you're going to make her happy. It doesn't matter how much you love someone. You're never going to be what that person wants you to be. 
that's the mistake that most of us make right from the beginning. We base our happiness on our partner and it doesn't work that way. We make all these promises that we cannot keep and we set ourselves up to fail. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a perfect summary of, of everything I was trying to say. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah. it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because like I, I, I really appreciate that you brought up, you know, looking at this from, you know, having sort of these multiple perspectives and multiple places from where you can derive your happiness. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that exact pattern is when I start to get obsessive over outcomes uh, in our business or in my life, those outcomes can be very like, if they don't work out, they end up becoming very derailing and debilitating. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why it's, it's important to care about things and to have some level of attachment to things, but to not put everything into one thing and to, to feel that, um, commitment to many things in your life that are encompassing of your identity. And yet, allowing yourself to feel disconnected enough where if that thing disappeared or your business failed or that relationship ended that you at your core can still be happy and fulfilled, which I think is a process, but, but it's really important that we work towards it. Yeah. It sounds to me like identity is this multidimensional concept and and we get identity from multiple sources. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And if we don't, uh, because there are definitely people who, who don't do that and maybe put all of their identity into one thing. Um, then it's, it's like you, you feel lost a lot of the time. And I think that's where a lot of confusion or unhappiness comes from within people is putting their identity in someone else or their business, which is what I did last year. I put my whole identity into my business and, and that's a big reason why I ended up feeling very depressed and unhappy. Yeah, I, I noticed that, you know, I interviewed a, a running coach recently and he had been, you know, a star athlete in high school and, and, you know, on track to pretty much be in the Olympics. And I think the first thing that he said is that that happens when, you know, a career like that ends is a tremendous loss of identity. Mm, right. Yeah, I was actually, I was just talking to somebody about that same concept yesterday. We were actually, I don't know if you've ever done this, but we were watching hip hop team dance videos on YouTube. Um, because there, <laughs> if you've never done it, I highly recommend it because there are some people out there who are just incredible dancers. But, uh, we were saying how for a lot of creative fields, like if you're in theater, then you could do theater later on in your life. And, and even if it's a smaller production, there are musicals and plays that are happening all the time. Or if you're an actor, especially in LA where I live, um, it's maybe hard to really make it, but there are a lot of opportunities too. But for dancers, it's like kind of after college, a lot of dancers, um, we, I had a lot of friends who were dancers in college on dance teams and there's not really that opportunity as much as there is for other creative fields. So I was having the same conversation yesterday about losing that sense of identity um, when something basically ends. Well, uh, <laughs> this has been really, really profound and thought-provoking. Uh, I can see why Selena referred you to us. So I have one last question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Ooh, I think what makes someone unmistakable, and it, and it really goes back to what we were just talking about, is 
allowing yourself to feel confident enough in who you are and what you do and and passionate about multiple things that encompass your identity rather than putting everything into one person or one entity or or one passion or hobby and i think that when you do that when you you really um put yourself into multiple things that you love and care about and yet have that level of detachment from things, then you will be so vibrant. And so, um, just you will attract the things that you want in your life. And, and it'll almost seem like they just fell into your lap because the person that you become in that process is the person who attracts the things that you've been seeking all along. So I think if you do that, that will make you undeniably unmistakable. Uh, well, I think that makes a really beautiful end to our conversation. Uh, where can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so you could go to my website, which is melissagriffin.com. And my name is Melissa with a Y. And then I've also got my podcast at pursuitwithpurpose.com. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming. Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. 
and download your free copy.